that's that's scary because I've lived in this area for nine years. Never expect anything like this to happen. The violent incident that shocked awake Markham residents with links to a rash of frightening robberies. What police and the public are telling us tonight. Good evening. We begin with a disturbing case north of the city. A morning shooting involving police that rocked a York Region neighborhood. The case connected with a string of home invasions. And tonight, one person is dead. Three others are in handcuffs. CTV's Mike Walker joins us live now from Markham to explain what's been happening. Mike. Well, Michelle Rahim, York Regional Police say plainclothes officers were investigating a string of home invasion robberies when they identified four suspects. Two of them were shot by police during a confrontation, and now the province's police watchdog is investigating whether the actions by police were justified. Neighbors capture the moment plainclothes York Region police officers draw their weapons just before they shoot two men, killing one. Police allege the men were among four suspects wanted for a string of home invasion robberies. I did hear gunshots from my home, but I actually thought it was the construction because we heard the sirens. Um, but there have been quite a few home invasions in the area and robberies, so I'm not surprised if that's what it could be. It happened just after 7 this morning in a subdivision near Woodbine and 16th Avenues. The Special Investigations Unit is now investigating the actions of the officers. The SIU says the suspects were in this white vehicle and one was armed with a gun, but it's not clear if they fired at police. There was a confrontation between occupants of the vehicle and police officers. Two officers discharged their firearms and two men were struck. One of the men was pronounced deceased at the scene. A 26-year-old man also shot by police was sent to hospital in stable condition, where he is now in police custody. At this point, neither the SIU or police would say what exactly brought officers to this area this morning. We have uh, diligently uh, had our investigators uh, actively out here um, making every effort to prevent these home invasions from continuing on. And uh, as a result, it led to the incident that took uh, place this morning. That's scary, because I've lived in this area for nine years. I've never encountered anything like this. Police say there have been six home invasion robberies reported in this part of Markham over the past two months. They have been uh, violent home invasions involving multiple suspects, uh, att attacking people in their homes uh, in the middle of the night uh, and robbing them of their values. A man and woman, both 26, were also arrested at the scene in connection with the violent home invasions. As a homeowner, as a resident, you're always concerned about safety and home invasions. I feel a little scared sometimes knowing that I'm in an area like that. I don't feel safe. The identity of the man killed by police has not yet been released. Now, both ASIU and York Regional Police remain on scene at this hour. At this point, police don't believe there are any outstanding suspects connected to the home invasion robberies. No word on charges yet. Reporting live in Markham, I'm Mike Walker. Michelle, back to you. Thank you, Mike. Turning now to the aftermath of a terrible tragedy in Brampton and involving something many of us do every day. Two women struck while crossing a busy intersection near their workplace. One is dead, the other a life changed forever. CTV's John Musselman takes us through the details tonight. John. Well, Raheem, Black Friday is a very busy day at the Amazon complex behind me today. Officials are reeling there after two employees. One was killed, the other injured here in the intersection behind me. 
Distraught family members and friends consoled each other on the sidewalk. A woman also placed a candle in the intersection. It was here on Heritage Road in Steeles where a 41-year-old woman was hit by a car. She was thrown into the opposite lane and run down by a second vehicle that never stopped. Another woman, a 30-year-old, who ran to help her friend, was hit by a third car. She was rushed to hospital and remains in serious condition. That car remained on the scene. It appears that the, the, the pedestrians were on the east side of the intersection crossing southbound. And then the first pedestrian was struck in the eastbound lanes by a vehicle traveling eastbound. From there on, she landed in the, in the westbound lanes, then was struck again by another vehicle traveling westbound. She was struck again by a third vehicle, which did remain on scene. And the second pedestrian that's involved, uh, it appears that uh, she tried to help the first victim and was uh, struck in the process. The vehicle police are looking for is described as a gray mid-sized SUV. It was dark around 5.45 a.m. when this happened. A shoe was spotted on the road. Investigators say the victims were on the east side of the intersection crossing to the south when it happened. Friends at the scene who did not want to appear on camera tell CTV News both women work at the nearby Amazon complex located on the northwest side of the intersection. Yeah, they were, uh, we all already said that for what happened today. So... After, during all the shift, we were very sad. Amazon released a statement this afternoon, quote, we are deeply saddened to learn of the passing of our colleague and we offer our heartfelt condolences to their loved ones. Our thoughts are also with our employees currently in hospital. We are providing support resources for the victims, families, and in our workplace. We're also offering our full cooperation to local authorities. This is a commercial area. Police have recovered security video from nearby businesses that they hope will help identify the vehicle they're looking for. The name of the woman killed today has not been released. And if you know anything about this case, you're asked to call Peel Regional Police or Crime Stoppers. Reporting live in Brampton, I'm John Musselman. I'll send it back to you. Thank you, John. The Transportation Safety Board is investigating after a plane went off the runway at Waterloo's International Airport this morning. The Flair Airlines Boeing 737 took off from Vancouver late last night and landed in Waterloo at around 6.25 a.m. Video from the scene shows the aircraft on a grassy field near the runway. 134 passengers were on board and police say one person was treated for a minor injury. The airport was closed to commercial traffic for the rest of the day. Investigators will now try to figure out just what led to the incident. And take a look at this. Emergency crews responded to a garbage truck rollover this afternoon in Scarborough. It happened on Highway 2A near the 401 in Kingston Road. At around 1.20, police say the truck rolled onto its side and blocked all westbound lanes, although traffic kept moving on the shoulder. Motorists were advised to find alternate routes. No injuries were reported. A live look of the city this evening. Some wind in the cards tonight, but it's looking to be a decent night if you're planning to be out and about. Not too cold. And Lindsay Morrison joins us now with a look at the current conditions. And you are the perfect place to be on a Black Friday, Baby Village. Absolutely, Michelle. And you know, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be spending their Friday night indoors looking for deals. And while they're at it, they can maybe help us build a toy. Mountain, exactly. <laughs> Glenn is here once again. And Glenn, we are here at beautiful Bayview Village Shopping it's Centre. It's a big shopping day and we're looking for toys for a specific age group right now. We are. We're looking for 10 to 13 year olds. So boys, girls, 10 to 13, a great age group to, to provide for. Uh, but it's an age group that the Salvation Army is always serving. Families coming to us, needing support. 
support. So visit toymountain.ca for all those locations, Bayview Village being one of those locations, yes. and drop off a new unwrapped toy. And it's a beautiful night to do just that. Uh, we have some special presentations coming up, but let's talk a little bit about the weather. Uh, beginning with a look at the satellite and radar imagery, we've had a few showers out there. Uh, nothing major, but just enough that you might want to bring the umbrella with you as you're heading out and about tonight. The winds, they've been gusty today, but they're starting to ease. And temperature-wise, we were technically mild today, but there was a little bit of a wind chill factor. We'll drop to a low of zero overnight tonight, but then we have a spectacular Saturday on tap. Those details in the rest of your weekend forecast coming up here live from Bayview Village Shopping Center. For now, Michelle, I'll send it back to you. Thank you, Lindsay. There is a good chance those bare shelves in your local pharmacy are being restocked soon. Ottawa says it's working hard to reverse that recent dearth of kids' medication. The product's scarce due to a recent surge of respiratory illness hitting our province's children. But now a new worry for another sector of our population. Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now to explain. Siobhan. We know that what might be a case of the sniffles in a grown-up could be a serious illness that lands a child in a hospital. For older adults, it could mean health effects from which they never recover. For weary mums and dads with sick children scrambling for relief, over a million bottles of imported cold and flu meds are starting to move. It's in Canada and it's being distributed to pharmacies and will shortly, if not already happening, appear on shelves. The federal health minister says Canadian drug makers have doubled production and more outside help is coming. In the next three weeks, there will be an additional special importation of about 500,000 additional units. The shortage of medications has complicated a triple threat of respiratory viruses, hitting younger Canadians especially hard. Respiratory syncytiovirus, or RSV, activity has leveled off somewhat, but it is likely to remain elevated for weeks to come. But there's a startling, steep rise in cases of the flu in kids and teenagers. The slope of which is steeper than uh, what we've seen in uh, most of the any past season that I'm aware of. Even though flu season has just started, the weekly number of pediatric hospitalizations reported across the network is at levels typically seen at the peak of the influenza season. On the other end of the age spectrum, there's worry about how RSV may hit seniors. As you get older, any insult, any challenge uh, that your immune system has to deal with can lead to long-term health consequences. A loss of mobility, of independence. It takes a lot, lot longer than to regain the muscle strength, uh, the ability to move around, and some never uh, improve. Health Canada is reviewing an application for an RSV vaccine targeted for seniors with more in development, though an RSV vaccine campaign is likely years away. This will be incredibly exciting because it will lead to more families being together uh, with healthier older adults for longer. Heading into the holidays, Bodish wants people to take an all-family approach to things like masking and accessing the vaccines we already have, all of it to protect our older parents and grandparents. Reporting live, I'm Siobhan Morris. Michelle, back to you. Thank you, Siobhan.
Meanwhile, a new analysis from RBC warns Canada needs to act fast to recruit more doctors as the population grows. Data from Statistics Canada shows the country will be short about 44,000 physicians by the year 2028. Family doctors will account for 72% of that deficit. The report suggests several steps, including increasing admissions at medical schools, adding residency spaces, and streamlining recognition of doctors trained abroad. The fee structure for virtual doctor visits is changing as the province tries, it says, to prioritize the care you receive. But as John Woodward reports, at least one online provider is shutting down and others worry the change could push families with sick children into overburdened emergency rooms. Henry, say hi. Alana Kayfet's son Henry was born with a connective tissue disorder and has spent a lot of time at Sick Kids Hospital. He's medically complex. And uh, this has been the worst cold flu and RSV season we've experienced. A problem in crowded waiting rooms, so his family turned to virtual care with a program called Kicks Care. If Kicks Care or other services like it uh, have the means and capacity to avoid one necessary visit, then we win, the patient wins, and ultimately the healthcare system wins. But Kicks Care was faced with shutdown at the end of the month after rule changes mean they can't access the same level of funding. And I can't imagine a world right now where we're going into something where potentially virtual is not necessarily available to us. When the pandemic began, there was no way for doctors to charge for a virtual visit, so the provincial government allowed them to bill as if it was a regular visit. But that arrangement was temporary. Come December 1st, doctors can charge OHIP $80 per visit only if they met in person in the two preceding years. Otherwise, the charge drops to $20. That doesn't work for Care because its doctors are all over the province. If there's a 75% reduction uh, in the fees that are paid, uh, it just does not become uh, a, uh, a, uh, a tenable option for us. Their solution? Charge families $29 a month, mainly for access to nurse practitioners. The opposition worried children will go straight to the province's overwhelmed pediatric emergency rooms, where one child waited for 40 hours this week. We have a crisis in our hands, and it's one that this government could actually solve, but is very clearly not interested in solving. It's interested in driving the system to a private health care system, and that would be disastrous for Ontarians. Reached in Ottawa, Health Minister Sylvia Jones says the new arrangement was an agreement with the Ontario Medical Association. A temporary code that was put in place during COVID is now being uh, modified so that, yes, virtual care can continue. Henry's family says they'll pay the $29 a month because they don't want to risk sending him to the ER more than they have to. John Woodward, CTV News. The public inquiry into the use of the Emergencies Act wrapped up today with testimony from the man responsible for invoking those special powers. The Prime Minister was the final witness, telling the Commission he believes the right decision was made. CTV's Judy Trin has the details. The Prime Minister's motorcade drove by spectators who lined up to get inside to hear his reasons for invoking the Emergencies Act. As an idea, um, it would have been from the very beginning in the back of our minds. Trudeau said a national security threat isn't just determined by a definition under the CSIS Act. Those words in the CSIS Act are used for the purpose of CSIS determining that they have authority to act against an individual, a group, or a specific plot 
with, for example, a wiretap. The Prime Minister says he took into account input from police agencies across the country and concerns from other government departments, ranging from transportation to immigration to finance. What if the worst had happened in those following days? What if um, someone had gotten hurt? What if a police officer had been uh, put in a hospital? Uh, what if uh, when I had an opportunity to do something, I had waited? He said he was worried about escalating violence as protests spread to other cities and borders. There was the use of uh, children as human shields uh, deliberately, uh, which was uh, a real concern both at the Ambassador Bridge uh, and the fact that there were uh, kids on Wellington Street. But the day before the act was invoked, senior police officers at local, provincial and federal levels signed off on a plan to clear the protest. You can see that this is a 73-page document. Under cross-examination, Trudeau said he didn't have confidence in the plan, even though he didn't see it. He was told the plan was incomplete, but it's not clear who told him. I, I, I can't speak to whether this is a good plan or a complete plan or not. I haven't read this, obviously. Right, and so you hadn't read it, obviously, no, then. No, I rely I, on the inputs of uh, the experts around me to... Uh, reassure me or not that there is a capacity to move forward. The Prime Minister said on the morning of February 14th, he told the Liberal caucus of his plans, then he initiated a call with all the premiers. He also told opposition leaders of what he planned to do, but he did not fully make up his mind until late afternoon. That's when the clerk of the Privy Council, the country's most senior public servant, also recommended invoking the act. Judy Trin, CTV News, Ottawa. Also tonight, it's the busiest shopping day of the year. Bargain hunters are searching for the best of Black Friday deals, but does soaring inflation have people holding on tighter to their wallets? Overseas Ukrainian authorities are restoring electricity to millions of people after the most devastating strikes yet on the power grid. What we see now is that uh, President uh, Putin is uh, trying to weaponize winter uh, and uh, by indiscriminate, uh, deliberate attacks uh, on uh, uh, cities, on civilian infrastructure. These satellite images show the extent to which Ukraine has lost power this year. The photo on the left was taken in January, the one on the right this month. At least 30 percent of the electricity supplies are still out after Wednesday's attacks. There's been no official confirmation from Ottawa yet, but Mexico's president says he'll be hosting Prime Minister Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden early next year. Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador says the North American summit will be held January 9th and 10th in Mexico City. The three leaders met last year in Washington. Celebrating major holidays in with a big bang could soon cost you big bucks if you live in Brampton. The city says it's set to ban the sale and use of fireworks. The plan has a lot of people on both sides talking tonight. Our Sean Leethong is in Brampton right now to explain the issue. Sean. Well, Michelle and Raheem, one of the strangest things that a councillor who I talked to today said he heard while campaigning during election time was that people were upset at the high amount of fireworks being used in the city. When he spoke to other councillors and the mayor, they said they were hearing the same thing. So now they want to take this step. It can be a crackle along the pavement or an explosion in the sky above. But soon in Brampton, fireworks could go silent. 
fireworks have been you know, kind of getting out of control. Last month, our cameras captured widespread use of amateur fireworks, including in this parking lot, where one fires towards a crowd with another exploding directly underneath a person. This week, a motion to ban the sale and use of all fireworks by Councillor Dennis Keenan passed council committee unanimously. It was part of something that we were hearing at the doors during the election, and it's been an ongoing issue, and I just think now's the time to step up. Until now, the private use of some fireworks in Brampton has been legal on New Year's, Canada Day, Victoria Day, and Diwali. Over the past year, a change.org petition calling for a firework ban has collected over 9,000 signatures. Many we spoke to say some restriction is necessary. Do you think that setting off personal fireworks has been a problem? Yes, it's a problem. The past festival which is gone, the Diwali, um, the, on, in the plaza, uh, people have created so much, so much of noise. I think then they should be allotted like an area where they could do it. The change to the bylaw would set fines at $500 for lighting fireworks and $1,000 for selling. They'll go to Vaughan, they'll go to Mississauga, they'll go to Toronto to buy the product and they'll use it. Aleem Kanji from the Canadian National Fireworks Association says education is key, not bans. Our experience in cities across the country is that bans simply don't work. Enforcement is reactionary. Bylaw enforcement and fire often get there after the product is used. Brampton already has a ban on long-range fireworks, making anything higher than three meters illegal. Councillor Keenan says the partial ban was confusing to residents. And now it's clear as day. Nothing can be sold and nothing can be used. The motion would authorize city-run fireworks celebrations on specific holidays. Council is expected to ratify the motion this Monday. And you can see from some of the footage we had, Councillor Keenan acknowledges that actual enforcement of this will be rather difficult, but they are actually working with bylaw officers to create a plan. Pointing live, I'm Sean Lee Thong Rahim. I'll send it back to you. Thanks for that, Sean. While that proposal moves forward in Brampton, there is still a patchwork of different rules governing the use of fireworks across the GTA. You can find details on bylaws in your community on our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. Coming up, a trip to the emergency room takes a turn for the worse. A Toronto woman robbed while waiting in pain to see a doctor. How the 68-year-old fought back against a brazen thief. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up, it's Feedback Friday. Viewers had a lot to say about some stores making the return policies more strict. More people are concerned about the way some grocery chains are pricing their items. And a senior who lost $4,500 in a roofing scam got some good news. Feedback Friday is just ahead. We are building a mountain of toys here at Bayview Village Shopping Centre. City Councillor Shelley Carroll decided to come on out and participate. Why was it important for you to participate in Toy Mountain? Oh, very important. In, in Don Valley North, we have lots of kids who take part in the Toy Mountain program and are very grateful for it. But for every one of those, there are two that are going to have a very Merry Christmas. So if they're shopping here or if they're even shopping online, press a button and buy an extra toy for the mountain. We're so grateful for you. Go right ahead and put that in the bin. Thank you, Shelly. And to healthcare ambitious little junior doctors. And for anyone else who wants to make a donation as well, you can share your photos with us by emailing them to us at toy.mountain at bellmedia.ca. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Stay with us. We have a full look at your weather forecast coming up. And stay with us. We have a full night of great shows for you right here on CTV.
We had a lot of reaction to our recent consumer stories on food pricing, electronic rust protection, and a senior who got caught in a roofing scam. And if you're shopping for Black Friday or Cyber Monday, you may want to pay extra close attention to store return policies. Pat Foran joins us now with Feedback Friday. Pat. Raheem and Michelle, under the law, stores don't have to accept returns, but they do it to keep customers happy. But retailers say about one-third of all items ordered online are returned. And now some stores are starting to tighten up their return policies. When goods are purchased in return, they must be sorted and some can't go back on the shelf. Often the retailer has to cover the cost of shipping both ways. It's why some companies are introducing fees for returns and restocking charges. Retailers uh, have had enough. Mary, a former department store worker, told us TVs were returned after Super Bowl, camping equipment after Labor Day, and dresses after proms. People will always take advantage of lenient return policies. When Jennifer Capel bought her vehicle, she also paid more than $900 for a rust protection module. That's why she was surprised when her vehicle started rusting. What did it do? It didn't do anything. CTV News spoke with several sources and none of them recommended buying electronic rust devices. Arthur said, my mother paid $1,000 for an electronic rust module and her car still rusted. Dealership didn't care. A man came to 92-year-old Winifred Davies' door and said he was a roofer and that she had a massive hole in her roof. He said he could repair it for $4,500, but when he got the money, he never came back. They're gone. They're gone. Following our story, many people contacted CTV wanting to help. I've got some very good news, uh, Pat. It's just been overwhelming. Three sisters decided to give Davy $4,500 so she could pay off her credit line. She was overwhelmed by their kindness. And they also brought me cake, candy, flowers, and cookies. They were just wonderful people. And we all know how expensive groceries are these days. And we get many complaints about stores that force customers to buy multiple items to get lower prices. But one viewer also noticed this strategy at his local store. A 10-pound bag of potatoes was selling for $5.99. A 5-pound bag of potatoes was selling for the same price. He complained to the manager, but he said the pricing was still the same a week later. And food inflation is currently at a 40-year high and shows no signs of slowing down. When shopping, take extra time to check prices carefully to make sure you're not paying more than you should be. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. There's a potential for a little wet weather on this Friday at night. A good opportunity to maybe head inside to Bayview Village where the magic of the holidays on full display. Our Toy Mountain really taking shape. It is absolutely magical here. Just look at how beautiful Bayview Village Shopping Centre is. And I'm here with Areti Alimenes. You're the general manager here. Uh, thank you for having us tonight. And thank you for being such a great drop-off location for Toy Mountain donations. Look at this spread. Show me and tell me what it is that you, you and your tenants have been able to accomplish. So we have been working really hard here at Bayview Village to collect toys, gift cards, do monetary donations for Salvation Army to give back this year to the children in the city of Toronto and obviously in the province of Ontario and just continue to spread joy. And gift cards are a great idea for that age group that we're trying to get more toys yeah, and gifts for and what you've been able to accomplish monetarily as far as toys amazing. So yeah, so we've raised uh, $5,000 collectively between monetary donations from all of our tenants here. We're very happy and we're so proud of them and we thank them 
truly, we truly thank them for giving this holiday season. And we thank you for helping us build a mountain of toys and for uh, helping support the Salvation Army as well. Uh, we have another surprise to show you in just a moment, but first let's talk about that weather forecast. We want to let you know that weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. Today was the kind of day where we had a couple of quick passing showers, not any heavy downpours, but if you're heading out this evening, you might want to bring the umbrella with you just in case. Zero is our forecast. Overnight low with a few clouds here and there. Look at tomorrow, though, a spectacular day. 10 degrees, that's warmer than normal, and we have sunshine in the forecast, too. As far as our systems map, we have high pressure for tomorrow, but then Sunday, a little bit of active weather is on the way. You can maybe see it inching closer for the bottom of your screen there. Here's how it's going to play out. So tomorrow, loads of sunshine. This is the day to get outside, maybe put up the Christmas lights. Into the day on Sunday, we'll start off with some cloud cover. Showers begin late in the morning, going to continue into the afternoon. Some higher elevation areas north and west of the city could get a little bit of snow. And then this is all going to clear out uh, quite quickly as we make our way into Sunday night. Here's the seven-day forecast. So we are seasonal at about five degrees for both Sunday and Monday. Tuesday night, it looks like we could be in for a few more showers. Into the day on Wednesday, remaining unsettled but mild. Thursday is the first day of December, and it's going to feel like the new month. We have... Uh, a high of two degrees and a couple of flurries in the forecast. Now, if you're just joining us, we are here live at Bayview Village Shopping Center. Look at who I'm joined by. Absolutely beautiful ballerinas from Go Ballet Bayview. Ava, what does it mean to be here tonight making a donation to, to help children in the greater Toronto area? Well, we're all from Go Ballet, and because not everybody has the beautiful gift of dance, this holiday season we wanted to contribute to this wonderful donation, Toy Mountain. So we wanted to help other children that don't have the, that chance. We thank you for doing that. You look absolutely beautiful. Why don't you show us all your teddy bears that you brought tonight? Thank you so much for this. Uh, Raheem and Michelle, magical night here at Bayview. I'm going to send it back inside to you. It sure is. Thank you, everyone. Well, a staple of the holiday season in Toronto gets underway tomorrow. The Cavalcade of Lights will take over Nathan Phillips Square with an opening night celebration. Festivities will kick off at 3 p.m., but the main event is at 8.30 with the Christmas tree and square lighting ceremony. Also this weekend, outdoor skating season gets underway in Toronto. 38 rinks will open to the public tomorrow, and one week later, Saturday, December 3rd, 14 more sites will begin operating. Now, since the weather might not cooperate, you are encouraged to check the status of your local rink at toronto.ca slash skate. Hospital emergency rooms are meant to be a safe space, but a Toronto senior says she was robbed while waiting to see a doctor. A stranger tried to steal her wallet, but as CTV's Andrew Brennan reports, the woman fought back. She said, I just got my wallet got stolen. I said, you're sitting in an emergency room. Avi Levington couldn't believe his ears. He'd brought his mother to the emergency room at Toronto General and had stepped away for a few minutes to take a call. It was Wednesday, midday. He thought she would be safe there. But a stranger, he says, walked up to his mother and took her wallet right out of her purse. No one came. And the, the patients who were sitting there were, like, shocked. They were screaming, someone come, come, security. And it was only about five minutes or so later that security showed up. Um, but then the patients 
who were sitting in the emergency room and helped my mom back into her wheelchair. And despite being a transplant patient with severe scoliosis, he says it was his mother who tracked down the woman and retrieved her own wallet. Levington says the woman was then removed from the hospital by security. The University Healthcare Network says there will be an investigation. A spokesperson adding, it would have been very frightening for the patient involved, and we deeply regret that someone seeking care has had this experience in our emergency department. Something's got to happen because if the system's deteriorated to this point, I mean, how can we let, like, how are people going to feel comfortable going into hospital knowing that their, their personal safety is at risk? Lovington's mother is now recovering at home, but he says he still felt compelled to speak out, not to throw stones, but because he says we need to have a conversation about our health care network so it can be run more efficiently and safely. Andrew Brennan, CTV News. Also tonight, shining a blue spotlight on stomach cancer. Efforts to raise awareness and funds for a disease that kills far too many and is often ignored. A Toronto woman has arranged to have more than 40 landmarks around the world lit up in honour of stomach cancer awareness. She spoke to CTV's Pauline Chan about the initiative and the daily struggle patients face. Teresa Tiano was diagnosed in 2011 with stage 2 stomach cancer, a relatively early diagnosis compared to most, and she says she was not prepared for the toll it would take on her daily life. Life just changed. I had to learn how to eat like a baby. Trial and error, lots of things didn't stay down. In fact, most things didn't stay down for about the first, uh, I'd say, first year. She had constant nausea, diarrhea, and lost 95 pounds. Eventually, she co-founded MyGutFeeling.ca with another woman who was also diagnosed with stomach cancer at the age of 21. The website helps people deal with the complex needs of stomach cancer patients and their families. Those of us that, you know, don't have stomachs or have only partial stomachs, we can't absorb uh, nutrients and we can't absorb vitamins. And so we have all those nutrient deficiencies and some of us are often malnourished. Dr. Christine Bresden Maisley says she's been seeing some disturbing trends in stomach cancer after decades of reducing numbers. Typically stomach cancer has been diagnosed in men over the age of 60 so it's definitely more common in men than women twice the incidence in men compared to women and now we're seeing a bit of a trend in younger patients, so under the age of 60. Some factors? Even though smoking has decreased, there's an increase in alcohol consumption. There's an increase in obesity. We're certainly seeing an obesity epidemic now. And so these are risk factors. That's why she applauds Tiano's efforts to raise awareness. For the past five years, Tiano's been asking big landmarks across Canada, like Niagara Falls, to be lit up in honour of stomach cancer awareness. It is the first year we've gone completely international. So we are in Canada, the U.S., Italy and the UK. The 42 landmarks will be lit in periwinkle blue for stomach cancer awareness on November 30th. Pauline Chan, CTV News. Some big news out of the K-pop world today. For the first time, the first member of hit band BTS is about to begin his mandatory military service. A source tells CNN that Jin will report for training on December 13th. 
He sent a message to fans urging them not to come to the base for their own safety. All seven members of BTS are expected to serve while they also pursue solo projects. Jennifer Lopez has announced her first new studio album in eight years. This is me then. The singer shared the news with a video transforming from her album cover 20 years ago for This Is Me Then and revealing that the new title will be This Is Me Now. The album is set to release sometime next year. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. The break. Why is the head coach of Canada's men's soccer team on the cover of a Croatian tabloid? A little off-the-pitch drama unfolding at the World Cup. Comfort food on a budget. Monday on CP24 Breakfast. Get grocery-saving solutions to create mouth-watering meals. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. That's, that's scary, because I've lived in this area for nine years. Updating our top stories, a man is dead and another was sent to hospital following a police-involved shooting in Markham. The SIU says the incident was connected to a recent rash of home invasions and two suspects were arrested. After, during all the shipping, in Brampton, a woman was struck by three vehicles and killed while crossing a busy intersection. Another was injured trying to help her. It happened in the area of Steeles Avenue West and Heritage Road around 545 this morning. Police are still searching for one of the drivers. She said, I just got my wallet got stolen. I said, you're sitting in an emergency room. The son of a Toronto senior says his mom was robbed in the emergency room of Toronto General Hospital. The 68-year-old was waiting to see a doctor because she was experiencing hip pain when someone allegedly took her wallet. Well, Leafs Nation is heading into the weekend with heavy hearts following the passing of team legend Borja Salmi. A memorial has been set up outside Scotiabank Arena with flowers left by his statue on Legends Row. Salming played more than 1,000 games with the Leafs from 1973 to 1989, and he was inducted into the Hockey Fall Hall of Fame in 1996. Leafs president Brendan Shanahan remembered him for his unbreakable spirit and contributions to the community. Fans today spoke about Salming's legacy and what he meant to them. And whenever he was on TV, he always looked to see where he was on the ice and what he was going to do. And... He was just such an inspiration, such a smooth skater, and just a treat to watch. I mean, he's the all-time leader for assists for the Leafs, and um, yeah, he's a, he's a Leaf legend. Salming was diagnosed with ALS over the summer. He made an emotional return to Toronto just weeks ago as part of the Hockey Hall of Fame weekend. He was 71 years old. And the Leafs have added a memorial patch to their jerseys to in tribute to Salming. It's in the shape of a Maple Leafs logo with Borea displayed across the middle in yellow on a blue background. The patch symbolizes the colors of Salming's native Sweden. The top of the leaf is also styled in the form of a crown, paying homage to his nickname, the King. The team wore the patch for the first time during this afternoon's game in Minnesota. A go-ahead goal midway through the second period as the Leafs won 4-3. to William Nylander had the eventual winner, tying him with Salming for second place in franchise history among Swedish players. Toronto visits the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night. 
While the Canadians insist they are up to the challenge in the most important game of their lives. Our men's soccer team showed they belong at the World Cup with a strong effort in the opener. But they must now beat Croatia on Sunday to have any chance of advancing to the next round. And it will not be easy. The Croatians were finalists in 2018 and they may have some extra motivation this weekend. A Croatian tabloid is taking a shot at Canada's coach. It follows a pitch-side interview John Herdman did this week when he talked a big game about beating Croatia. Herdman later insisted he meant no disrespect. But his Croatian counterpart says the comments could motivate his team. And a reminder, CTV and TSN are the official broadcasters of the FIFA World Cup. Sunday's match begins at 11 a.m. Game three is on Thursday against Morocco. On the markets, the Canadian dollar was down about a fifth of a cent to 74.79 U.S. Oil lost 166 to close at 76.28 U.S. dollars a barrel. And the TSX gained 39 points to end the day at 20,383. An advocacy group for black business owners across Canada is inviting applicants to throw their hats in the ring for a $25,000 grant. So it's really open to anyone in the black community to apply. As long as you have a business, we want to be able to offer these opportunities to them uh, to be able to actually really start. Or if you have a business that is running to scale up. The grant is being offered by the Black Entrepreneurs and Businesses of Canada Society. Founder Jackie Cassandi says the goal is to offer entrepreneurs a leg up while giving them access to coaching and member and mentorship. As inflation and economic uncertainty weigh on Canadian consumers, small business owners are bracing for pain ahead. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business says confidence among owners took a dip leading up to the holiday season. Optimism for the next 12 months is at its lowest level since 2009, outside of the 2008 and 2020 recessions. Well, just ahead, Black Friday 2022. Did the crowds come out in droves or was there room to move this year? Tonight, the Prime Minister takes the stand. What if the worst had happened in those following days? Justin Trudeau defends his decision to invoke the Emergencies Act. Later on CTV National News. is one of the most vibrant, diverse, and interesting cities on the planet. We're a world leader in many areas like business, finance, technology, entertainment, and culture. Each week, Things to Know TO shines a spotlight on a wide variety of local businesses, services, events, and initiatives from across the GTA that are working to make our city even greater. And one of the world's best places to live, work, and play. Join us Saturday mornings for Things to Know TO. We have a new look tonight at the moon, courtesy of NASA's Orion spacecraft. These detailed images were snapped Monday during the capsule's closest approach to the lunar surface. Orion's camera is being tested under different lighting conditions to aid flight orientation during future crewed missions. And finally tonight, a question. Did you get your holiday shopping done today? I did not. Mm, a little bit. Despite <laughs> the economy, analysts were still expecting stores to be stuffed on this Black Friday. We sent our Janice Golding to find out if they were right. We are now opening for Black Friday. 
The lineups outside the Scarborough Best Buy started at 6 a.m., two hours before the doors opened. Due to inflation and everything, they are just getting higher and higher, so I'm I want to find some good deals on this. So I've already checked online, and every year I take the day off, and I come shopping, do all my Christmas shopping early. Customers on the hunt for bargains in a time we've all been paying higher prices for rent, gas, and groceries. Consumers are looking to save money. That's, that's the big... Uh, that's the big uh, trend this year. Things are a little different. You know, the lineups have sort of diluted a little bit. More is being done online. The crowds were definitely a little thinner this year. This is the first time I've been out here in years to come out for Black Friday, and it's not too bad. It's I'm enjoying it. It's not too crowded. Still, retail analysts expect sales to be strong, saying Black Friday has outpaced Boxing Day and emerged as the busiest shopping day of the year. But this season... What we're seeing is that they might spend their money a little bit differently this year. They are going to be looking for more meaningful, more practical gifts. They might choose to buy for fewer people than in the past. Analysts say cost-conscious consumers will be seeing more deals this year than usual. The reason? Well, you may recall early in the pandemic, retailers were facing supply chain issues. However, the pendulum has now swung the other way, with many retailers now dealing with more inventory than usual. And that's pushing them to provide deeper discounts earlier in the year. We have some fantastic deals uh, for customers uh, today. Uh, we've actually had these deals all month, um, but customers have been waiting for this special day. At the Scarborough Town Centre, people were definitely getting more bang for their buck today. I got my garland, regular 120, and I got it for 37. I got a buy one, get one free, and it ended up being like $100. When it would have been like $200. Still, while there are deals to be had, some say it's expensive no matter how you approach your holiday shopping. I spend a lot. <laughs> I spend a lot. Yeah, about, could be upwards a couple thousand dollars, man. It's expensive. Christmas is not cheap. I'm probably spending more than I'm saving, but. <laughs> Janice Golding, CTV News. And the Black Friday shopping continues at this hour. Lindsay is at Bayview Village. Hopefully the giving is also ramping up. The giving is certainly happening, and this is a very special night, not just because of the shopping and the giving, but look at this beautiful scene that we have here. We have Glenn on the piano. We still have our Go Ballet Bayview dancers here, and we've had some very special guests make donations. It's been a truly wonderful evening. Let's take one more look at your seven-day forecast just to show you what's in store for the weekend and the week ahead. Uh, we are building a mountain of toys here at Bayview Village Shopping Centre. If you would like to help. There's all kinds of information on our website, toymountain.ca. Just be sure to click on Toronto and find a way to help out. It's been a wonderful night. We are building a toy mountain, really getting into the spirit of things here. I'm just going to let Glenn take it away. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Same to all of you. Glenn, wow, what that's a awesome. talent. Yes. Okay, that's it for us. But be sure to join Omar Sachedina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zoraida Allman with our next local newscast at 1130. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay Morrison and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a great night and a wonderful weekend.